Hey everybody, welcome to a new JPD Weekly. What if I told you that there are actually more than just the seven prophetic feasts, prophetic festivals that we read about in the Old Testament uh, from the, the Jewish people uh, that we look to as they point to Christ? There's actually nine. There's two more. Uh, we, we're familiar with first fruits, you know, the first fruits of barley and the first fruits of wheat, but there's actually a first fruits of grapes and a first fruits of olives, new wine, new oil. And they are prophetic as well, and they point to the church age. But this truth has been hidden until just recently. So it's it's really interesting. This is something uh, that we're definitely going to have to talk about today because there is a lot here. Uh, I hope you are all doing well. So as many of you who have been watching this show know, we have been talking a lot about Dead Sea Scroll stuff, prophetic stuff with the Essenes. Last week, we talked about how John the Baptist was probably in the scene, uh, and we're going to get more into that type of study. If you're, if, if you're really interested in this kind of thing, look for Dr. Ken Johnson on YouTube. He's got a ton of information on here. I've been looking into it myself. Uh, some of what we're going to talk about today, I first heard from him. Some of it's going to be new because I also looked into this myself and came out, uh, came up with some pretty interesting things from the uh, Old Testament, things that we might not have known. It, it, it's stuff that's in there. We read it, so it's not like it's not a new revelation, but the context has kind of been hidden from us, especially with a lot of the things that happened with the uh, uh, Pharisees and Sadducees uh, in the first century. So for those of you who know about the festivals, there's uh, seven festivals in Leviticus, but there's two new ones from the Dead Sea Scrolls. Uh, Dr. Ken Johnson has talked about this as well, new oil, new wine, but we're going to get into some more information uh, as well. So the spring feasts are Passover, Unleavened Bread, First Fruits, and Pentecost. And we, we know that prophetically speaking, those all point to Christ. Jesus died on Passover. Uh, he was buried on Unleavened Bread. He resurrected and gave uh, atonement on First Fruits. And the church was born with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost. So the fall feasts and festivals are trumpets, day of atonement, and tabernacles. Um, and typically we tend to think that those feasts will be fulfilled during his second coming. So trumpets could, and there's, there's some conjecture and, and some difference of opinions on here, but trumpets could be the rapture, day of atonement could be the day that Christ returns, the day of the Lord where the world is judged, tabernacles could be pointing towards that final millennial reign, that thousand years where Jesus is reigning on the earth. So um, during Passover, Pentecost, and tab tabernacles, those are all pilgrimage festivals, which means that during those festivals, people were required to come to Jerusalem. Now, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, there are other possibly, we could call them sort of secondary festivals. Um, and something that we have to talk about, too, uh, and we'll, we'll do some videos on the Dead Sea Scroll calendar. We have had Dr. Ken Johnson on the Sharpening Report. If you're a member at DailyRenegade.com, you can go back and find that. But in that interview, um, he talks about tukufas, which are uh, solstices and equinoxes 
where they would stop work for that day. They would have a feast with their family, talk about the Lord. So no rituals or anything like that um, in the in the other festivals, but just a, a a feast. So we already knew about the festival of first fruits. There's the barley harvest, which which is when Jesus died, was buried, buried, resurrected, paid atonement. And there's a wheat harvest, which is the same thing as Pentecost and is sometimes referred to as the festival of the first fruits of the wheat harvest. So technically, there's two first fruits. Now, according to the Dead Sea Scrolls, there's actually four, not just two, not just the two that we've known about. There's the first fruits of the barley harvest, the first fruits of the wheat harvest, the first fruits of the grape harvest, which is called the New Wine Festival, and the first fruits of the olive harvest, which is called the New Oil Festival. Now, on the Dead Sea Scroll calendar, the start of the year begins on what's called Tekufa Nisan in the spring. Uh, then the first day, which is always a Wednesday, is the Day of Remembrance, which is the first day of Nisan. Then on the 14th of Nisan is Passover, which on their calendar always occurs on a Tuesday. Now, the next day, Nisan 15, starts the Festival of Unleavened Bread. That lasts seven days. Then the following Sunday is the festival, uh, the, the festival, the first fruits of the barley harvest. So Sabbaths are important. Saturdays are important. But what's really interesting is Sundays apparently are just as important as well. Um, and so from what I've, from what I've heard, from what I understand, every time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was resurrected, you know, with, with Mary and so forth, uh, after his death, that that was always on a Sunday. So it's not that he was doing something new. Sundays already were important to at least the Dead Sea Scroll, the Essene community. But a lot of that, a lot of that knowledge has been lost to us. But you can actually find in scripture, if you know what you're looking for, you can go through the New Testament and find these Sundays that are really important. So the, these feasts actually occurred on Sundays. Now, the people who rejected Messiah, and, and the reason that that's interesting, by the way, is because there's a lot of people that say that Constantine like changed the Sabbath and changed the date, and he didn't have the authority to do that. But it turns out that's not really what happened at all. That's not historically accurate. Uh, Sundays already were important, and so it points to the church age, which we're in, the age of grace, according to the uh, Essenes. Now, the people who rejected Messiah literally abandoned certain teachings. They changed things, um, and th that's why most of us have never heard this before. But once you have the context, you can look through Scripture, and we're going to do that in a little a little later. You can actually look through Scripture and find these things all over the place. It's just we didn't know what to look for, but they are there. Now, on the first fruits of the barley harvest, they did something that's called the counting of the Omer. They counted 49 days, and then the 50th day was Pentecost. Sunday. Um, and again, we're talking about the Essene calendar, the, the Dead Sea Scroll calendar here. Uh, and actually, if you want to look at that, you can actually go to uh, dsscalendar.com or .org, uh, and you can actually look at the Dead Sea Scroll calendar. Uh, and it, it makes a lot of sense in accordance with the Bible. But this is where things get interesting, though. Starting with Pentecost, so we know it's a 50-day count uh, to Pentecost. But starting with Pentecost, we can do the same exact thing on the Essene calendar. Count another 50 days, and that brings you to the festival of the first fruits of new wine, the grape harvest, which is also on a Sunday. 
Now, after that, you can do the same thing again. You can count another 50 days, and that brings you to the Festival of New Oil, uh, which also lands on a Sunday. So after that, you have uh, what's called the wood offering, which is when for the six following days, the, the tribes, two per day, so 12 tribes, were to bring a certain amount of wood for the burning of sacrifices for the next year. So after that, there's just a couple of days until the uh, what's called the Takufa Tishrei, which is the fall equinox. Then the very next day, this would be three days after the last wood offering, is the first of Tishrei, a day of remembrance on a Wednesday. It's always on a Wednesday on their calendar, on the Essene calendar, and the Feast of Trumpets. Uh, so then after that is the Day of Atonement on Tishrei 10. Then Tabernacles starts two weeks after Tishrei 1, Day of Remembrance. Tishrei 15, Wednesday, that, and that lasts for seven days until the Great Day, which is one week later on Tishrei 22. Um, so the reason that this is important and that this is prophetic is um, we have... We have this, this idea of the, of covenants for certain ages, according to the Essenes. And then once we understand that, because the, the Essenes that we're talking about, we're not talking about the, the, the weird Gnostic ones or the weird ones that wouldn't carry coins because they thought that it was pagan or, or idol worship. You know, the, the actual remnant of believing Essenes that when Jesus came, these guys actually just became Christian because they were looking forward to this. They, they knew the prophecies really well. But according to them, human history can be split up into ages. And we've talked about this before, but there's three ages of 2,000 years apiece and then a final Sabbath age of 1,000 years. So you have 7,000 years. It, it, it's modeled after like our week. And really our week is, is really the Dead Sea Scroll week. Is Their calendar is based off of seven days as well. So there's different covenants of ages. So we have the festivals of first fruits of barley, wheat, wine, and oil. Uh, four festivals of first fruits. And you actually see these list, these four are listed out like this frequently in scripture. Like in Revelation, this is really interesting. When talking about, uh, the future famine, uh, or past famine, depending if you think that the seals have already been broken or not. We actually just had a, a really interesting conversation with Derek Gilbert on sharpening reports. So become a member of dailyrenegade.com and you can get that whole thing because in the members only section, he talked about the possibility of uh, that the seals have probably already started to be broken, which is, is really fascinating. So uh, depending on your timeline, your eschatological timeline, this is either past or future. But either way, in Revelation 6, 5 through six, when talking about the famine, and remember, we have four first fruits, barley, wheat, wine, and oil. And listen to what this says. Revelation 6, 5, and 6 says, when he opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, come. And I looked and behold, a black horse and its rider had a pair of scales in its hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four creatures saying, a quart of wheat for a denarius, three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and the wine. Now, isn't that interesting? So what does the oil and wine symbolize? What does wheat and uh, barley symbolize? Now, um, I, I think that this is literal. Like, this is literally talking about wheat and barley, do not harm oil and wine. But I think that there's a secondary thing here, too, because we know that all of these festivals, all these feasts point to something, right? And we know that first fruits points to Christ. But uh, what do oil and wine, what do they point to? And the idea is that they actually point to like the church age. They point to something having to do with 
Christians with the new covenant. And that's why this was suppressed by Pharisees and Sadducees, because they didn't want anything that's going to point to, you know, Jesus as Messiah. So because of that, uh, it's been suppressed and we as Christians don't really know it. Uh, But the Essenes knew it. And when we know what to look for, we can find it all over in the Bible. So wouldn't that make sense then if, if, if oil and wine symbolizes like Christians do not harm the oil and the wine, you know, don't, don't harm the people of this age, the followers of Christ, but the, the barley and the wheat, the, those who, who kept those festivals, but denied the other two. So those of like the old covenant, but, but the non-believing ones, you, you know, like Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, the non-believing people, then yeah, those, uh, three quarts of barley for a denarius and a quart of wheat for a denarius, but do not harm the oil and wine. Isn't that interesting? So I would have to, if the seals have already been broken, I would have to go back and research that period of time and see if we saw something like that where Christians were being protected in that way. If it is still future, then it could be do not harm the oil and wine because there's a rapture, or it could be that there's some type of supernatural protection uh, for believing uh, believers during the tribulation. You know, we don't know, but it could be symbolizing that, but it could also have a literal interpretation. So two things can be true at once. Now, if the first fruits of barley was when Jesus died, was buried, resurrected, gave atonement, and the wheat harvest is Pentecost, when we receive the Holy Spirit, then that's significant because there have been a number of Pentecosts that have happened because it's a lot more than just the birth of uh, the church and giving the law of Moses or giving the law on Mount Sinai. So according to the, according to old text, it's, it's the time of covenants, Pentecosts. Um, and Pentecost just, you know, means 50, but one of the names for this is Shavuot, which means sevens or weeks, but it also mean, it, it can also mean oaths. So it's like saying this is the time of oaths or the time of covenant, the age of covenants. Um, so when Noah, after the flood, entered into the Noahide covenant, and we, you know, learn about that in Genesis 9 with the rainbow and everything, that covenant, according to the old text, was on Pentecost. Uh, and we see that in Jubilees and other, other places as well. When Moses comes down, uh, down the mountain with the Ten Commandments for the first time and the children of Israel enter into that covenant, that also is said to have been on Pentecost. Uh, one of these legends also has Abraham entering into the covenant with the vision of the torch and, 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 uh, between the pieces, that that was supposed to be on Pentecost as well, or Shavuot. But, um, you know, we, we don't know for sure just from scripture alone if that's true or not. We're kind of going by legends there. Uh, but it, it could be. Now, one of the, one of the legends out of the Talmud says that during the time of Pentecost and giving of the law, there was a mixed multitude and everyone heard God speak in their own language. So God spoke apparently to the 70 like languages, the 70 people groups, the 70 like principal languages. And supposedly there's also something that says they could see fire coming out and, and writing the 10 commandments. Uh, there's something about tongues of fire. Uh, actually Tom Horn has a new book out, uh, called the messenger that you should check out because, um, it's all written in there and it, it kind of pulls all the, all these things together. I was, I was blessed enough to be able to read an early copy of it and it's, it's phenomenal, but it talks about the stuff in here. Now, all of that stuff that may or may not be true, but it's, it's interesting that this legend has multiple languages and tongues of fire and, 
you know the Talmud. It's not gonna it's not gonna intentionally point people to Christ, obviously. Um, but there are places in there where it inadvertently does, and this is one of them. So, you know, the writing of the Word of God, the writing of the law in their hearts in, in Jesus' Pentecost is prophesied by Jeremiah. Uh, you, you know, so those legends kind of point to that, probably inadvertently. But, <clears throat> excuse me, so in the, in the Dead Sea Scrolls, you have the Community Rule and Damascus Documents. These are, uh, again, these are in the Dead Sea Scrolls. And in these documents, they explain why the Essenes did what they did, not only explained what they did, but why. Uh, they talk about the Holy Spirit guiding them. They talk about uh, their prophets. In the Damascus document, it talks about how the Melchizedekian priesthood had a type of wine and bread ceremony. And this is really interesting. It's so old, you know, that this, this original ceremony was so old that everyone has forgotten what it was, but it's a basic, it's like a, a basic type of the, the Seder, the Passover Seder. So in the time of Moses, or the age of Torah, so that would have been back in the age of chaos, the first age, the first 2,000 years. In the second 2,000 years, which would be the age of Torah, you have the Passover Seder. You, you have that, that ritual. Now, the Essenes recognized that when uh, the Messiah would come to start the Age of Grace, that he would actually change that ritual again and make it into a new Gentile type of Melchizedekian kind of ritual of bread and wine. And that's what we have today. We have communion uh, in our churches. But take that even a step further. They also said that when the Kingdom Age comes, when the final Sabbath is, uh, that last thousand years, that Messiah would be back and he would be ruling and reigning from Jerusalem. And the text says that he'll change the ritual again to something. So it was done a certain way in the age of chaos, the first 2,000 years. We have the, the, the Seder in the age of Torah, the second uh, 2,000 years, the second age. In our 2,000 years, in our age, our third age of grace, the age of grace, we have communion. Uh, and it'll be something else in the next uh, 1,000 years, the final 1,000-year Sabbath, um, the millennial reign. And it also says that, uh, this is really cool, all the believers, Gentiles, Hebrews, Jews, you know, Levites, like everyone will be there celebrating together. Messiah will be there leading this, this communion type ritual that's a little different. And in addition to that, there's also, uh, people that are, are said to be immortal, who seem to be the ones that are, are raptured. They, they never know death. Uh, and then there's the angels too. So, you know, the, the immortals can't be the angels because it mentions them both. So for the first time in all of creation, we all get to be together and we're all taking part in this, this new communion. And I, I think that th this communion and the millennial reign was how it was always supposed to be. The previous communions, the previous bread and wine festivals from Age of Chaos, from Age of Torah and Age of Grace communion, what we have now, I think that all points to that type. And, and we don't, I don't think we have enough information to really pinpoint what exactly it's pointing to or how the, the, the millennial rain ritual is going to be different or how that's going to be the final one that really ties everything together. But when we get there, when we get there, it'll make sense. So, um, so that is really cool. Now, this leads us to the question. Um, well, actually, before we get to that question, uh, so in a scene would have all of these prophecies and would be able to time them out and would know that, you know, would know about the time that Messiah is supposed to come, about 32 AD, down to the year actually of his death in 32 AD. So an Essene would like go to the temple for Pentecost. Um, 
an Essene believer. You know, there's Essenes that like lived in Israel and in the cities, and then there's the Zadok priests in Qumran. Uh, so the, these are kind of different groups that we're talking about, but they're tied together. So like the Essenes, they would have, uh, you know, been with the, the Zadok priests, but it's not like they were all living in Qumran. You had Josephus and Hippolytus both say that uh, Essenes were all throughout Israel in various cities and stuff. So uh, the Essenes, some of the Essenes would have gone to the temple as well for Pentecost, they could have ended up hearing uh, Peter's sermon about the Messiah and then would have became a Christian immediately because that's what they've been waiting for their whole lives, which apparently happened a lot because Acts 2 says that about 3,000 were saved, like just immediately, they just accepted it and baptized on that day, uh, the day in, on Pentecost, and that the Lord also added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So I think, you know, when people ask where are the Essenes in the New Testament, I think that's what we're looking at. I think those people that initially, it's it, they were saved so easily. It's because they didn't need a lot of convincing. They already knew that this stuff was coming. They already, they already, uh, they already expected it. Um, now, if barley and wheat harvests are prophetic in significant ways, could the new wine and new oil be prophetic as well? Uh, what what could they be symbolizing? And we are going to get into that, but you know what? I think, well, hang on. Let me see here. Well, let's talk about, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about one I'll talk about one reference. There's a lot more that we'll probably have to talk about in the members only section. Um, well, you know what? I don't want YouTube to delete any of this. Uh, we're going to go to member. We're going to go to members only. Uh, we'll talk about all the prophetic significance of new wine, new oil, what it could mean. We're going to do that for the members only section. So if you're not a member yet, head on over to dailyrenegade.com. Become a member today. You'll get the rest of this JPD weekly and so much more. Uh, and we always have to save the good stuff for the members only section because YouTube has gotten in the habit of deleting our videos. So we store everything on the members only section of Daily Renegade. We are, we are also working towards simplifying the site, making it easy to use. Uh, but basically, if you're looking for the video, after you log in, go to the members tab uh, at the top toolbar. You just look for that. Look for members area. Go into the members area. Click on the show that you want, and you'll be able to find the, the full episode there. What you see when you first go to the website, um, that, that YouTube list, that's just the free stuff. Uh, so that's not the full video. So some people have gotten confused about that, and I don't want anybody to be confused. So um, so go become a member today at dailyrenegade.com. It's only $10 a month or $100 a year. I suggest getting the $100 a year because you only have to pay for it once. You get two months for free, and then you don't have to think about it for a whole other year. So that is an excellent deal. So make sure you do that. Head on over there and get the rest of this episode because we got a lot of really awesome prophetic stuff this this. This idea of, of new oil, new wine being, you know, festivals of first fruits, it is all over in the New Testament and then, or in the Old Testament. And then for some reason, it is absent in the New Testament until the book of Revelation. Why is that? There is huge, significant, uh, prophetic, uh, implications here that we have to talk about. So we're going to do that in members only. All right. Uh, members, if you're watching this on the website, if you are a member, hang on the line and everybody else viewing for free on YouTube. Thank you so much. And until next time, love you all. Take care and God bless.